Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Dairy Brothers Guardians cast. Your best podcast spot for all things Cleveland Guardians baseball. Presented by waitingfornextyear.com. Follow Matt on Twitter at Dairy Speaks and Todd at TD Guardians KU. The Dairy Brothers Guardians cast is on the air. And a happy Memorial Day, everybody. It is the Dairy Brothers Guardians cast on a Monday, Memorial Day Monday, coming to you from our friends at the Evergreen Podcast Network, waitingfornextyear.com. And of course, our sponsors, the Center for Advanced Dentistry and BreakingTea.com slash dairy. The Breaking Tea t-shirts are the best. Get the new Josh Naylor, all the smoke shirt. Matt and Todd with you. Let's be honest, everybody. This has not been inspiring baseball over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Guardians lose two out of three to the unnamed team, the Detroit Tigers, over the weekend. And uh, we'll get into it. What, what took place over the weekend, What's what the team looks like, everything else. Todd, it was... Uh, Disappointing yesterday, to say the least, after Saturday's win to not have some more momentum and get some offense going. Their starting pitcher gets injured, and yet the team could only muster one run, and now they've lost 10 of their last 14 games. You know, they pitched well, actually, this weekend. Um, they just didn't come up with the hits that they needed, except for the, you know, the big one big blowout game, uh, you know, where Jose Ramirez is just a one man wrecking crew. Uh, but you got to get more from from the rest of the lineup. Uh, you know, we'll get into it a little bit, but you know, I got a text over the weekend from our boy Ags, and he said, you know, Straw, Rosario, and Reyes all not performing is really hamstringing this offense, and he's he's right because you're now needing. You know, obviously Jose Ramirez is the best. And I, I do want to get into that, but now you're asking the younger guys that to deliver every single time. And, you know, Owen Miller's had his moments for sure. Uh, we got Oscar Gonzalez up. Quan had his moments early in the year and he's starting to fade back. Uh, and you're, you're just asking a lot of, of these younger players to, and yes, they're out there every day and you and I are loving this play the kids thing but this is what happens when you play the kids sometimes you're going to go through these hot streaks and then you're going to go through these cold spells but it's up to your veteran guys to kind of bridge that gap and and when you know miles straw and from Reyes, who's now on the the uh injured list and ahmed rosario who you know is still young but is a veteran player aren't delivering you're you're gonna struggle a little bit. It's just it's just gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, Ahmed Rosario is not young, not in not in my eyes in terms of. Uh, I mean, well, you just this don't team. like him. <laughs> well, no, I mean, but 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 the young guys on this team, and like you said, and Brian brings up a good point. I mean, at the start of the year when this team was on fire and playing pretty well, it was because Straw at one and Quan at two at the top of the lineup were setting up the table for Jose. And man, you looked up and you said, you know, uh, you know, you're, you're wearing pitchers down early in games based on the at bats, based on. I mean, my gosh, Quan was a godsend uh, in that two hole, and now 
He still sees a lot of pitches. The bats have been better. He hit the ball hard a few times this weekend, but he's not he's not getting on base unless it's a fielder's yeah. choice like yesterday. And then you're right, Miles Straw's not exactly hitting at all. So that's going to put a lot of burden on, on Ramirez. And then Franville Reyes has given you nothing all year, nothing. And yet the team is still at least you know above water a little bit at 19 and 24. But if I if we if we would have gone through the numbers and said that. Franmil would have had an OPS in the 200s. We thought the team would be dead. They're not necessarily dead, but with this schedule coming up, they've got to start winning some games. They're playing really bad teams the next 15 days. We we talked about this last week. This was the time in the schedule where you're playing nothing but bottom feeders, and if you're going to be taken seriously and you're going to be playing well, you got to beat you got to beat these teams because when it comes back around and you know you're playing the you know, Tampa Bay's of the world and Toronto and, and, and the Yankees and even the White Sox in, in our own division and the Twins, you know, that's that's going to be a much harder hill to climb. So you've got to make your, you know, make those bones beaten up on these bad teams and they're just not doing it right now. You know, you, you mentioned uh, Miles Straw at the top and, you know, they obviously are going to leave him there and let him play, you know, play through the slump and leave him in the, in the top spot. But, Tito moved down Stephen Kwan to eight and even nine in the lineup. Uh, you know, in April, he was absolutely sizzling. He hit 354 in April with a 959 OPS. We were talking, oh my God, this guy's going to be rookie of the year. He's yeah. so great. I mean, we were all over it. Well, here we are recording this on May 30th in the month of May in 81 plate appearances, 167 with a 481 OPS and nine walks. He's currently one for his last 15 and four for his last 29. So, you know, like you said, this weekend he did, you know, hit the ball hard a few times. And, you know, he's always going to be kind of a, a, a BABIP, you know, contact guy where he's going to have to find holes. And a lot of times, you know, because he's not striking out a lot. But he did hit one right up the middle yesterday where they had him played like into the, you know, they had him shifted right up the middle, and you know, for a fielder's choice. But it, it would have been a, it would have been a much it would be much better if he was, you know, doing what he's what he was doing in April. I think the offense would look completely different. And you can look at Straw and Quan at the top, and you can totally correlate that with the offensive skid that they're in. You know, and it's it's like you said, when the one two three were Straw and Quan getting on base, Jose bringing them in, it was great. And now it's basically kind of. You know, here's you know another thing about Straw, and I haven't looked at the numbers. I feel like every time he comes up with runners on bases, he's grounding out or popping out. Right? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I'd love to look. I, I'm going to do that while you talk. I'm going to look. Well, up his he delivered position numbers. Trying to remember which game it was. I think it was either the Detroit game over the last weekend, or even in Houston, there was one. Uh, he had the big hit uh, the night of Liza Fest. Um, that yes. there was an add-on run in extra innings that was against Minnesota. But other than that, you're right. He has not. He has struggled. You mentioned Ahmed before. You know, Tito didn't exactly have a great weekend either. Um, oh God, you know, I, pitching, I, pitching, I pitching to Cabrera was stupid with first base yeah, I was open. Just say that's the first thing I want to discuss. And then when you get into it, yeah. And then yesterday's lineup after Saturday, when you score eight runs, trot out the same lineup. I know Maley had to catch McKenzie, and that's fine. That's one switch. But why are you messing with the lineup again? Oh, you got to get a med back in? No, you don't. I would have. I would have gone with the same exact lineup Sunday that you had on Saturday. 
give it a little momentum, back-to-back days, sunny days, no rain out. And instead, he puts a med back at short. He moves Jimenez over. You know, Owen Miller had to come off the bench, and the guy got two hits. I mean, I don't know. It's a minor thing, you know, but I, whatever. I, I, To me, <laughs> watching, especially in person on Saturday, watching Andres Jimenez play shortstop. Well, that's that's what I was just going to say. Why is Ahmed even playing shortstop ever? Can we stop with this already? I know. DH him for now. Yeah. I mean, especially, you totally can DH him now because you don't have Fran Mio eating up the DH spot. So, I'm switching to Bluetooth momentarily. So, you talk. I will listen. Gary Brothers Guardians cast here on a Memorial Day. Hope everybody enjoys their holiday. Um... Royals in town for three, a couple of 6-10 games, uh, including tonight, and then the Wednesday 1-10 game um, against the Royals, and then the team goes to Baltimore, which has been a bit of a house of horrors for this team uh, over the last couple of years. And the uh, Guardians will play three against Baltimore this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and uh, Sunday. As we record, and I'm just going to tell you this, this is how it works sometimes, um... <laughs> Todd switching to Bluetooth meant that the thing hung up, so I'm going to keep going. But yes, I was indeed there on Saturday for the victory over the uh, Tigers. Was in a suite, which was nice. Got invited to that. Brought the wife and uh, and a couple others. So that was uh, that was exciting. Uh, why is Todd not calling me back? This is the beauty. We're we're doing this as if it were live. Watch this. We're going to call him right now and get him back on the horn. See, this is how it goes. This is this is. This is, this is, we're not editing today. I'm not in the mood. There he is. We're still talking. You're, li- you're live. I'm all the way live. Okay. Sorry. I was just explaining to the, the audience that I was there Saturday in the suite and brought us home a win. Uh, we had some bad, we had some great wine, great people. Uh, even the hot dogs were good with a little chili, the cheese, the mustard. If you put a ketchup on a hot dog, something's wrong with you. Um, it's true. Did they have stadium mustard there? The no, no, they have yellow mustard. The real question is, did Mark and his babe have yellow mustard on their hot dogs? You really just brought that up on the podcast. <laughs> um, and then he might be listening. Podcast for one, baby. <laughs> he might be listening. And then um, I'm not even going to dive into that. Um, and then it was fun, great people. But then they brought out about 7th inning, they brought out the Little Caesars Detroit-style pizza, square and deep-ish, ish. That's, you know, the Detroit style. And it was so bad. Yeah. It was so I bad. I a question about Detroit-style pizza. Yes. I had never heard of Detroit-style Oh, it's, pizza it's huge. Life. It's huge now nationally. Now It's, it's make- everywhere. No, that's what I'm saying. Now it's everywhere. They sell them in the grocery stores. Like, it's a really big deal. I've never heard of Detroit yeah. pizza until, like, three years ago. It's like a mix It's like a mix of regular pizza but square, and it's not Chicago-style where it's way, way, way deep dish with the sauce on yeah. top of the cheese, but it's sort of like medium-ish in terms of deep dish, and it's made in, this, in a pan, and the famous places in Detroit, like Buddy's and Louie's and stuff, those are, like, the originators of this whole thing, so... If you want Detroit style, it's a it's a square piece and it's a little bit you know crunchy on the sides and uh, more you know more thick than thin. How about that? When when I was a Little Caesars employee in college, when I was delivering pizzas for Mister I, Mister I, I uh, they used to have the 
the two square, it was called, whatever it was, it was like you buy these little two square pan pan things. And I, that, that's got to be like the, uh, the original. And it was good, yeah. by the way. Yeah, that's, uh, okay. it, but it's really, really chic now. It's very, very big. What, what's, what, is, what is worse, um, um, Detroit-style pizza or Tito pitching to uh, Miggy on Thursday? Or on, on yeah, it was Thursday. Thursday, yeah. On Thursday with first base open, a man on third, uh, the run meaning absolutely nothing, and windmill Javi Baez uh, on deck. What was what was worse? Uh, no, the pizza's better. I mean, I, I don't, I, that, that made absolutely no sense. It made no sense. And, you know, poor Trevor Stephan, I know he's scuffling a little bit right now. I think he's going to be fine. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the unnamed team, the unnamed team cannot hit. And the one guy that is hitting and his batting average is around 300 actually is, is Cabrera. So it made no sense at all, especially you could set up the force. You could set up, like you said, Baez has yeah. really struggled. Um, oh, oh, my God. Speaking of, of bias struggling, I was in the car a bunch uh, back and forth uh, during Saturday's game. Hammy was destroying Javi Baez. It's like, you know how Hammy gets like on certain topics when he you know goes into bitter mode or goes into how much he like, loves college baseball? Of how much he lo- oh, right. I was going to say it was the exact opposite of how much he loves Whit Merrifield and college baseball. Yes, correct. He was destroying Javi Baez and saying, and this is only year one of this contract, and he's going on and on about, you know, this isn't what the Tigers signed up for, and look at all these free agents who signed, and and Jose, you know, he, he said, like, when Jose had his big day, he was like, and, you know, Jose signed his contract extension, and he's been so great, and then you look at the other side of it, Javi Baez, which is a giant waste of money for the Tigers so far. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, you know, People could say, well, Hammy sometimes gets on the other team. Nobody gets more excited and is, you know, like Daz Cameron's diving catch yesterday. Hammy went nuts. And it's a tribute to Tom that he is able to get excited over exciting plays for the other team. I think that's how it should be. There's nothing worse than these, you know, Homer announcers that go, oh, and he caught it. Oh, no. You know, you should get a little excited, and he does. And that's what you want as a listener. But, uh, yeah, Baez has been a bust, but that... He should have been the one swinging the bat. It should not have been Cabrera. And, of course, Miguel singled, and that was the end of the game. It made no sense. Yeah, I was not, uh, I was not thrilled with Tito in that, in that instance. And to be honest, he's really uh, – I don't know how to describe it. He, he, I love the guy. I think he, you know, he can manage here for, forever as far as I'm concerned, and I know a lot of it's not a popular opinion but I think people kind of forget uh, how bad Manny Acta was. And we should never take for granted just how great Tito is in that room. So, you know, I know his in-game managing is leaves something to be desired from time to time, and it's, it's right now he, he is not great. <laughs> but yeah, He doesn't have a lot to work with either. No. At the moment, it, at the moment. Exactly. So, and, and again, like, Bringing in Brian Shaw in a one-run game ever, I just, I, you know, there, there are definitely things we can nitpick. But again, I'll take Tito as my manager all the time. Oh yeah, but but I'm but I'm, I think when he does something well, we 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 point it out on this show. But I think this weekend, sure. um, like I said, switching the lineup completely around after you score eight runs on Saturday, I don't like doing that. The next day, and then you're shut down by Elvin Rodriguez and Willie Peralta and all these people. Oh, and, and 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 the unnamed team, while they've been terrible, their pitching actually has been pretty good. 
and their their pitching coach Chris Fetter, the uh, pride of Michigan. Um, shout out to the executive producer, the guys at Wolverine, but he's uh, he's done a good job. He's I mean the, the pitching's not their problem; they can't hit. And yeah. uh, even in the games that they won and, and beat us twice this weekend, Thursday and then Sunday, of course we, we, we didn't play Friday. It didn't rain, but they just decided to call rain out anyway, um, which was a joke. What a joke it was. And uh, but they even in those games they scored four on Thursday and two on on Sunday. Lo and behold, we get a few runs. We win both those games. Absolutely. I mean, and you, you know, can't. You, you go zero and two against the Reds and two and three against the Tigers the last couple weeks. That's not going to get it done. I don't mind losing two out of three to the Astros. I mean, Houston is really yeah. good, and we battled yeah, we in that battled. series. We yeah. battled in that series and played hard. But uh, you can't lose. You, you can't go. You know, four and ten in your last fourteen, and those some of those losses include to the Reds and Detroit. Not 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 good. Not good. And they really did battle against the Astros. That was a that was a well played series all the way around. Those games were all good and exciting. I mean, the one was not great, but you know the the, the two close games were really good. Um, you know, it's in there. I mean, you you can see it's in there. It's just when they lose to these bad teams, it gets frustrating. Um, you know, one one good thing we did see this week was the. Designating for assignment of one Yu Chang, the Soldier Boy. Uh, great and, run, and, great uh, run. Yeah, well, great human being, and as we said many times, great human beings that doesn't always uh, translate to being a great player. But guy had plenty of chances here. He and Ernie Clement with are, are both don't need to be on this roster at the same time. But that paved the way for Oscar Gonzalez to be added to the forty-man roster. You know, Oscar is one of these guys who was never a highly touted prospect, but he just kept working his butt off. Everyone says he's a terrific kid, big smile. You know, at every level, he's shown that he has major power. And, you know, I've heard this before. This sounds familiar. Major power, strikes out a lot, great kid. Who does that sound like? (laughs) Ron Mill Reyes. Well, no, that's not who I that, – that was not the answer I was looking for. Oh, Bobby Bradley? Uh, Bobby Bradley, yes. Mm. <laughs> yes. So, Have you looked at um, his numbers but, in Columbus? I know he had a walk-off the other night. but yeah, I was going to say, I haven't, but I did see that he had the walk-off hit. He, like, sprinted around like they were chasing him. It was really, <laughs> it was really cool, and I was happy for him because I love Bobby personally. But, no, are his numbers bad? Oh, real bad, yeah. No, that's too bad. But, anyways, Oscar Gonzalez has come up 5 for 12 to start. Uh, he's only struck out twice, which is good, uh, in 12 at-bats for him. Um, he had the two hardest hit balls of any, uh, uh, an exit velocity of any, uh, Guardians batter this year. His first hit of the, of his first at-bat, he had that line shot single up the middle. It's the hardest hit ball of any Guardian the entire season. That's pretty amazing. And then he had the second hardest hit ball of the season, uh, uh, in, in, I think it was either the second or third time he played, but I like that that they decided to add him. And Tito has said, "Hey, he's coming up to play. He is not coming up to sit." And especially with Fran Meal down at DH, we're going to see what he has. I mean, he's defensively not great, but you know, put him in right field for a little bit, see how he does. DH him a little bit, uh, but but I like that he's up. I'm I'm excited about it. I am too. And, and look, I mean, like you said, he's hit at every level. Uh, not exactly a decorated prospect, but the numbers don't lie. Over the last three, four years in the system, uh, Jason Lloyd of uh, the Athletic wrote a really good piece 
um, about him the other day. You know, he's part of that DR system that we have down in the Dominican that, that has produced talent, and um, it's time. I mean, right field has not been a good spot for, you know, we, when we've had a med in left and Quan in right, or we've had Mercado in right, uh, no one's been hitting really in that spot. Fronmill goes down. You need some sort of power bat, a right-handed power bat, by the way. Um, and, and, you know, I hate to say this because this is something that people say here in Detroit and it drives me nuts, but the ball does sound a little bit different when it comes off his bat. I, I heard it myself on Saturday. I mean, I saw him hit two, you know, two ropes, as we say. Um, uh, ropes. Yes, yeah. one left field, one to center for that double on Saturday. And he's bringing good energy. And you're right, play him. I mean, he made DH a little bit. You put him in right field. He made some plays on Thursday when he uh, played his first game in a very big cavernous outfield. I like it. I'm for it. And we haven't solved the right field problem. Oscar Mercado is not an everyday player. Uh, Ernie Clement is not an everyday player. They've had to play the outfield. So let let this kid play. I'm all for it. And and even the, even the at-bat yesterday, okay, here's an all-star closer. And that's what Soto was last year. He made the all-star team. And Gonzalez had a 9 or 10 pitch at bat, really battled him, worked the count, got it to 3-2, fouled a couple off, ended up striking out. That was a professional at bat. And Absolutely. that was from a rookie. So I'm encouraged. I liked it. And he was... You know, he wasn't chasing anything bad. He kept fighting. On, and Soto's throwing 99, 99, 100, 100, and he is hitting the and, – and those are all close pitches. Like, if he didn't swing, he was – you know, he was going to strike out looking, and he just kept following those pitches off to the right side. It was a good at bat. I want to see more of him for sure. What was that line? More of you and less – more of me and less, less of, of you. Less of you is always a good thing. Yeah, Jim Rome. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Can you believe he's still doing his show after all these years? guy's a machine and he's making boatloads of cash and oh yeah and do it and the other thing is he's doing the same shtick forever like it still works still works Nothing, i know changed he's yeah. still doing the same show and it still works for him god bless him yeah that's crazy um all right let shane bieber saturday looked good uh it was oh, nice yeah. it was nice to watch um again you and i were texting as i was i was at the game and you were home but you know, here we go to start the game. First pitch on the scoreboard, fastball, and Grossman, I think, hit it hit it right away for an, a single. Like first pitch, eighty nine. I was like, oh god, you know. But as the game wore on, there were some ninety ones in there. Um, but he still just knows how to pitch. It's one of those situations where I, hopefully he's not turning into Jamie Moyer or Zach Granke, but the velo's still down. But man, he he was dominant on Saturday, and I know that's a bad lineup, but. Still, I mean, mix, mixing his pitches, but he was still aggressive. He was he was in the zone, unlike last Sunday when he wasn't. You know what? I don't know if you saw the stat or not, but he threw 66% of his pitches were breaking balls. He was not throwing. And he, he wasn't throwing the fastball very often. And I think that this new plan that they came up with for him, again, we're talking about the unnamed team, so I don't want to get too crazy here. But uh, he also and he also ended up pitching with that big lead. But you know, I think he and Carl Willis definitely worked on that and said, "This is what we're going to go with." The, the the velocity has not returned. Okay, he's. I saw a couple ninety two. Uh, it was mostly between eighty nine and ninety one on the fastball, but so they just decided we're going to go. And his breaking stuff was awesome. 
on Saturday. I mean, they couldn't touch it. So, listen, if this is the new plan they got to come up with, you know, let's let's as uh, George Costanza once uh, told Don Mattingly, the first baseman, about his new swing, go with it until it stops working. <laughs> That's correct. Well, I'll be interested in seeing. You know, he's pitched a lot of day games lately. I know that they're, you know, four o'clock, seven o'clock, whatever, but I'll be interested in seeing Friday night in Baltimore how it goes with a full day of kind of getting ready. I, I don't know if that makes a difference or not. Um, obviously, he's coming off of, you know, shoulder and arm issues last year, and he's healthy again. And I know there was a, a, a smaller and, uh, you know, more, more minute spring training and all, all these things. It, it's It's definitely concerning, but. If you know how to pitch and you're getting people out, does it really matter if you're 94? If you were, you used to be 94, 95, and now you're 91, 92. I, I mean, it's definitely a red flag, but if you're dominant and the other team can't touch you no matter what how you do it, uh, does and, it matter? And, yeah, and I don't want to make excuses for him either, but uh, they were talking about this on the broadcast. He's been the scheduled pitcher for the rainouts, like, five times or some, some crazy Correct. like that. Like, and, and you get yourself amped up and you work yourself up as a major league pitcher to, okay, you, I'm going to pitch every fifth day and I'm coming up and I throw on the side this day and then here's my day. And then all of a sudden you're warming up and you're getting yourself mentally prepared and then it's a rain out. And this was another one of those ones because you went down there. They didn't call the game off until like an hour before the game. No, right? not even. It was like 6.45. It was there was it, they call they they postponed that game. Everybody was in the stadium except us. You know what? I knew I knew not to I knew not to go in the pregame show, and it was right like either six thirty or, or I, and and Al Pulaski was like, oh my god, like literally in real time was like, oh my god, they just called the game off. Like, yeah, no, yeah, it was like six forty five. It it was lightly raining at that time. There was a little bit of lightning, and then it let up, and then that's when they called it. Fans, we were watching. We were sitting right there at the Union Assembly where they have giant windows and an outdoor area that we could see the stadium right in front of us, uh, right there on Woodward Avenue. And um, we watched people walk in, and all of a sudden when I started seeing people leaving and walking out, that's when I knew it was canceled. I mean, you could see it in real time, and that was at 645. And they had shown, I was they had the pregame show on the TV, and they had shown Shane Bieber in the outfield at uh, Comerica yeah, Park. Probably got himself loose. Right, getting loose. So that was my concern going into Saturday was he ramped up. He amped up a little bit yesterday, uh, and that has had to happen. And, again, he's not going to pitch until Friday now, so he'll get an extra day again. But they got to get him into a routine with because there's an off day Thursday of, you're right, every fifth day because it's been six days, it's been five, then it's been six again, that's even been seven based on these rainouts. I mean, you know, and, and, and for me, I mean, I go to Chicago. The game gets canceled because of COVID. It had, and the the day was beautiful. I go Friday night. We spent five hours at this restaurant hanging, which was fun, but never even rained after that, after they called it. It was crazy. Yeah, that sucks, especially I feel for you in this particular time because I know how much you love this baseball team and how much you want to go see them and your limited opportunities, obviously. And you had two great opportunities taken from you for stupid reasons and uh so, so that that blows. But we'll have to get you. We'll get you back there. I mean, I know you went on Saturday, but we'll have to get you up here this summer. I will and hang, uh, get it, hang out with Grandma. <laughs> I'm in. Hang out. I was. Um, what was I going to say? I'm, and then they 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 
move the, the, the game, the postponed game from Friday to July 4th at night. Doubleheader <laughs> on July 4th? That's so stupid. And the game that the t- so the tickets that I have now are for 640 on July 4th night, which is like, you know, Ugh, end of a long... Let's go to a baseball game at July 4th night. You want right. to be at someone's house watching fireworks, drinking some... Well, I don't know whatever you're drinking these days. Exactly. Tequi- tequila for me. What are you drinking these days? Um... Obviously, I mean, some red wine uh, moved over from white to red over the last year or so. And uh, some Old Forester would be nice. Just a little bourbon. Old Forester. There you go. Bourbon, huh? So good. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff. I like it. I like your stuff. We'll take your bourbon, um, we'll take your bourbon suggestions here, at, uh, here on Twitter. At Gary Rose Pod. Exactly. Exactly. What um, bourbon and branch water like J.R. Ewing? Oh man, that wasn't. A, that was mostly bourbon, not 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 a lot of water. Especially when he had Cliff Barnes in his office. What about Sly? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sly, I, I can give you bourbon, bourbon and branch. All right, sorry. Go ahead. Two more, two more quick things. Uh, your boy De Los Santos starting to pitch well. Uh, Love him. Bullpen's that been bullpen's been pretty good, including on Thursday. I mean, like. You know, should Eli Morgan be pitching Wednesday and not Connor Pilkington? This is a great question and a great topic because I personally think that they should be ramping up Eli to take Plesak's spot in the rotation when he comes back and is healthy. I mean, when, when Savali comes back and is healthy, that that's the guy I would replace. I mean, Savali hasn't been great either, but Plesak to me, and we've talked about this, he just – he he, he – he, He's got it in there, but like anything goes wrong for him, like say an error happens, it's like he completely loses focus and things go haywire. Like he's the king of he gets he he gets it to two outs and two and and you know maybe a blue pit happens and two guys come on and the next guy it's a triple. You know, like I just feel like that's happening way too much with him. And I personally, Eli Morgan has been great. He was great out of the pen again the other night, and. That's the, I believe he belongs in the rotation. I would replace uh, I would replace Plesak with him. I'll be interested. In, I'm definitely I'm definitely interested in this week. I mean, look, there's no excuses this week. I mean, Plesak's pitching tonight against the Royals and Sunday against Baltimore. He's not going up against the Yankees. This is not the Angels, you know, or the Twins. I mean, this is these are two last place teams. So there's no excuse why he shouldn't get it turned around. And like you said, I mean. He just makes some lazy pitches sometimes, you know, like yes, like an O like O two runner at second, tight game, and just he sneaks one right over the plate. Like that should be buried in the dirt, you know. Guys are chasing, guys are swinging over pitches now. I mean, it's just, the game is strikeouts, and on an O two pitch, just a just a little floater over the middle of the plate to almost be like, ah, it's O two. I've it's been a you know, I got to get out of this thing and get in the dugout. It's just. I hope uh, I, do. I, I I'm interested in watching tonight. I I hope tonight he comes out at home, probably be a decent crowd, and uh, get it done. This is Kansas City we're talking about. I do think that his stuff could play really well out of the pen, though, because his velocity will tick up a little bit if he's only throwing, you know, or gaining or two at a time. Um, so that would help. Uh, I don't know. And, and I just, I don't, I, I'm not a huge police act guy. Um, 
I do think, by the way, getting back to Delo Santos, I don't know what it is with this organization, but they have just this knack of finding these guys and, and and making it work. It happens every single year. There always ends up being one guy who comes out of nowhere and is good. I mean, right now, if we're talking bullpen circle of trust, I have entered Delo Santos into tier two uh, with big Sam Hentges, you know, behind the Stefan and class A tier. Uh, Sandlin has been dropped down out of there. Um, you know, and, and certainly, you know, yeah, you can't throw strikes. Yeah, that's a problem. And I love Sandlin, but he's, I think, I think his mechanics are all mess, uh, messed up right now. You know, the way he throws, you can easily, you know, I, I just think that there's something mechanically wrong with him, but I'm sure they're, I'm sure they're working with him. I mean, obviously when you lose, uh, Ruben Yabla, it's tough. And I, I think yep. they like Carl Willis, but they, you know, Ruben kind of had some special touch with some of these guys. But again, like you want to get Sandlin into a game soon because he hasn't pitched. I don't think he pitched the whole weekend, did he? He didn't. So, you know, you want to get him into a game, but you also like Saturday. You know, Saturday and Sunday, the reliever, the, you didn't need the bullpen for my bullpen through one pitch yesterday. One. Yeah. So. Yeah, Mackenzie and Bieber were so good, you really didn't need to. And and you know, they just threw Classe in there to get him an inning when they were up, you know, six runs or whatever, because he just needed the work, but. But uh, and then you know you know who started his rehab assignment last uh, uh, rehab stint last week. I saw that old number ninety nine. Yeah, sure he's uh, he's so, righty, sure baby. there's some sort of social media post today on Memorial Day with a flag in it. Uh, That's right from him. But uh, <laughs> looking forward to that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's get you the pitching matchups and talk a little bit more about Jose Ramirez. But uh, first, got to tell you about our friends at BreakingTea.com. Folks, you, you asked for it, you got it. The Josh Naylor All the Smoke t-shirt, and it's been all the rage because you've gone to BreakingTea.com slash dairy, D-E-R-Y, and bought it. Uh, I see it. It's uh, awesome. So get your Josh Naylor t-shirt. The guy is hitting. He continues to hit. Uh, I know yesterday you looked at a, a called third strike, but uh, it's neither here nor there. Saturday, a couple of big hits, and uh, it's been nice to watch. So the shirt's awesome. It's got his hair flying. If you want the new Jose Ramirez shirt, you can get it. And, of course, the King Quan as well. Browns and Cavs stuff as well at dare, at uh, Breaking Tea. T-shirts at BreakingTea.com slash Dairy, D-E-R-Y. Takes you right to the Cleveland Collection. I mentioned before, Todd, about Jose Ramirez. Five RBI day Saturday. Still leads all uh, all the majors in what does he got? Twelve homers and forty eight RBI. Uh, He's got forty eight RBIs in forty two games. Right, it's May third. It's May thirtieth. He's May thirtieth. <laughs> and the the most impressive thing is, I'm not going to say he has no help, but he has to deliver, and he still does it. It's unbelievable. And he and he signed his big contract. Let's let's talk about the redacted ex shortstop for a minute. Mr. Smile himself. He's a total fucking dog. He's gotten better. He's gotten better over the last couple weeks. But let me ask you a question. Would you rather have that for 10 more years at $30 dollars, Or Jose, who's a better defensive player, a better base runner, a better offensive player. And he's quiet and he keeps to himself. And all he really wants to do is be where he's comfortable, which is here, and win. And he's trying his best to single-handedly carry this team. I love this man. He is rapidly, he's inching closer and closer to my all-time favorite number one spot. And if he continues to be this good and be this great of a dude, 
and he and he rides off into the sunset and we send him to the Hall of Fame as a Cleveland Indian slash Cleveland Guardian, I got to believe he's going to jump Tim, Jim Tomey for me. He's just the best. I oh, mean, he's seriously, you know, he has to do it and he still does it. Yeah. And they don't pitch to him when, when there's two outs, nobody on base teams now are just walking him. It's the unintentional, intentional walk. Um, one guy that went at him was yesterday, Alex Lang out of that bullpen. I give that kid credit. Uh, Artie? Artie Lang's brother. Yeah. He's, um, he went right at him yesterday, which is a rarity. But mostly he's not seeing a lot of pitches, but even on a day like Saturday where the bases were loaded and you had to pitch to him, he just he knocked one right down the line and cleared the bases. He's incredible. He steals he steals bases. You know, defensively he's usually pretty solid. I know he, he made an error yesterday, but uh good teammate. Yeah. It's he's special, Maybe man. Yeah. Maybe the redacted X shortstop is a better defender, but I was just, you know, throwing that out. No, there but if, love, but based on I the love Jose so much. Yes, and he loves being here and he's special. And if they could just find, if they can get you know the Franimil back and 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 going and put him behind him again, and then you know the, the, just the lineup would look so much better, and the guys even in front of him get going. But he's amazing, amazing. Even AJ Hinch said the other day, he's like, what, it's not, he he pulverizes us. What are we supposed to do? Type of thing. You know, we don't want to he pitch has, to him. But he, in his career, he has owned the Tigers and the uh, the unnamed team in the White Sox in particular. Yeah. But what's what's great is, and they said this on the broad. I can't remember if it was Tito or if it was uh, Hammy or if it was during the TV broadcast. But he's only getting you know two three pitches a game to hit. Do you know what I mean? Like they're for the most part everyone's like you said pitching around him. So he he has to capitalize on the few pitches he actually does, and he and he's doing it because his eye is unbelievable too. This isn't some free swinger up here. I mean, no, no, he's, the, he, he the, takes the his walks. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. He's just, he's just unbelievable. A joy to watch. And I'm so glad that he is on our team for the rest of his career. Uh, I echo those sentiments. It's not even close. I mean, it's, uh, he's unbelievable and just does it all. And, you know, doesn't even matter if, if, if managers are going to turn him around to the right side, whatever you try doesn't work. And we just, uh, it's a joy to watch. I just I hope the fans understand what they're seeing, and uh, you know even tonight when you come back back home and it seems like the team never plays home games. They're only playing on the road. It's ridiculous. Even Another, and they're on the road again next weekend. I feel like every weekend they're gone. Yeah, they're playing Monday. Like I said, we'll go through this, but they're in Baltimore this weekend, and then then they finally come home for a longer homestand. Um, so that's good. But uh, all right, here we go. Uh, Guardians Royals. Tonight, Zach Plesak against uh, something called Jonathan Heasley, a right-hander. I have no idea who that is. Cal, Quant- Cal Quantrill on Tuesday against the big lefty Daniel Lynch. And then oh, we- yeah. You know who will be in attendance for that one? Myself and the executive producer. Oh. Good to see your boy, Cal. All there right. you go. And then Wednesday, uh, Connor Pilkington against Brad Keller. A Wednesday matinee uh, down at the uh, corner. And then the team goes to Baltimore Friday night. Shane Bieber against Bruce Boris Zimmerman. Now that's a good one. That is a very high quality inside joke, right there. Trace, uh, Tracy, uh, Tristan McKenzie on Saturday against Tyler Wells, the righty for the Orioles, and then to be determined for Baltimore on Sunday against Zach Plesac. So, again, Kansas City and Baltimore this week, and then I think Texas comes to town next week. And Texas actually isn't terrible. Uh, they're actually have a better record than we do, but time to make hay, man. Time to come home and even go, you know, in Baltimore. And I said this when you uh, disconnected, but Baltimore's kind of been a 
some, we've not played well there for some reason. Remember when we got swept oh, there a couple of years ago? Th- oh, my God. We just said it at the same time. <laughs> I just going to say, I think we lost back-to-back games 13 nothing, Like, back-to-back 13 nothing losses in the same series in Baltimore. Do you remember this? I'm not crazy, yeah. right? No, it did happen. We got swept there uh, a few years ago. I remember it. And they're playing better. Like, they have good <clears throat> energy. They got some young, young guys. guys. That are decent, but uh, what about the great MJ Melendez? We're going to get to see him the next three days. Oh yes, the power, pro- the, the the hot prospect for the Royals. Very exciting. Yeah, you know they want they want to get rid of Carlos over there because because who didn't know uh, that giving Carlos a two year contract was a good was a bad idea. He's hitting everyone. he's hitting one fifty five. Oof, tough. Great guy though. Love him. Great we guy, love him. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, are you going? What are you going Tuesday and Wednesday? Tuesday and Wednesday, yeah. All right, well, I'll be there. Need to uh, get the Harvey same. special Wednesday afternoon. There you go. Oh, yeah. saw, saw Harvey last night, actually. Did you at an unnamed uh, at an unnamed <laughs> unnamed free dinner location? That's right. Hey, it, it it was a good good time was had by all. I was with the great Mister and Mrs. Arvin and uh, had a total blast. And then hung out at their house last night. Afterwards, wow, great time nice. Hanging out by their fire pit. Fun was had by all. There you go. That's beautiful. Beautiful. All right. Uh, Dairy Brothers Guardians cast brought to you by the Evergreen Podcast Network, Center for Advanced Dentistry, waitingfornextyear.com, and, of course, Breaking Tea T-shirts. Let's get this thing turned around. We are out of room and out of here. Hello. Welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together, we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts.